Welcome to a bonus edition of Money for Nothing, the podcast about music and capitalism. Sam and I are coming to you just a week later because major news hit, like I think even like the day after we dropped our last episode, that uh, basically Universal Music Group and TikTok are in a feud. Basically, negotiations have broken down and Universal is currently in the process or maybe TikTok's doing the doing the TikTok. job. But basically all the music, yeah, all the music of, of Universal is like leaving TikTok. But here's also the thing. It's not just Universal Music Group. It's also the publishing group as well, which uh, some have estimated accounts for nearly 80% of all like significant quote-unquote whatever that means music on tiktok yeah, no which that is seems high i mean universal crazy sure it's probably universal high music but Group's and publishing what we mean- is like 30 percent of the global market like it's bigger it's funny it's like the publishing group is a little bit bigger than the share of produced music masters last time i checked but like that seems high but it's a lot it's big and it's stuff you that's it's also happening in tiers right so like everything that's on universal labels is out now and everything that's published by universal is about to get pulled yeah and like apparently there's like a 30 day like slow cool off of uh them actually getting rid of all the music but basically like if you are on tiktok right now and you try to um a lot of major artists if you try to use a song by like taylor swift already you can't and actually to be honest with you, this is also resulting in a sort of like funny thing that all these like really viral uh, TikTok videos over the last couple of years are now silent, which is just kind of kind of amusing. But um, just to like dive in, uh, UMG actually wrote an open letter um, about the situation after the deal broke down, um, basically suggesting that TikTok was attempting to bully and intimidate the record label. And um, yeah, it was, it was really kind of interesting. Um, they basically accused TikTok of trying to build a music-based business without paying the fair value of the music. And basically we're trying uh, supposedly to force umg into a deal that was supposedly like far less than the previous deal and obviously blah 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 corporate speak sir lucian grange and company were basically like you know we're artists artist centric first you know this is unfair etc um tiktok responded by saying that they were disappointed by umg and uh basically find it shocking that they chose. It's all about the music, yeah. man. They it's walked shocking. away. It's yeah. shocking and then, that they you, would and then do of this. TikTok comes back and says, well, it's shocking that uh, they've chosen to walk away from the powerful support of a platform with well over a billion users. So basically, to translate, UMG feels like they're not getting enough money for the fact that TikTok uses so much of their music. And TikTok says, hey, guess what? We're like a major promoter of your catalog. And also obviously new uh, that comes to like promoting like new artists and also discovery of new artists and all that stuff and so they're at loggerheads and it's another classic case of the music company locking horns with a tech company and i will just add it is kind of also ironic because in the new york times a profile of lucian grange around the topic of ai just was published and as we maybe suggested on this show in previous podcast episodes and also in this article, Grange does seem to be um, a little bit more willing and open to like work with new technology as opposed to maybe of uh, certain big label stances on new technologies of years past, you know, cough, cough, like, you know, the uh, the Napster issue and all that stuff. Like he seems like he seems he like wants to work with them. He realizes the technology is changing. But obviously, it's going to be his way or the highway, as always. And this is just, I'm 
so fascinated by this story. I mean, this is something that we have talked about a lot over the years and about the potential power of these labels to do this. And and, and maybe just to, die, to take a couple steps back and just really briefly re- review the overall structures and kind of the legal structures under undergirding a lot of this, because I think that when something like this happens, it's often a shock at how unregulated and undetermined a lot of these basic interactions, um, or rather the, the structures that define these basic interactions are. And, and by which I mean that if you came to this with kind of a general sense of how copyright works, and certainly like uh, one that is maybe shaped by perceptions of radio or the debates around, to a lesser extent, Spotify and Spotify streaming, you might think <laughs> that there is some sort of royalty payment system for TikTok sounds. And we're here to tell you that, folks, there's not. That is right. not That is not <laughs> a structure that is determined by copyright law in the United States. I mean, it's determined by copyright, don't get me wrong. It's determined by copyright law in as much as copyright law defines what who has control over what intellectual property, but there's not a, a, a the, the kind of royalty systems that define mechanical performances or um or mechanical reproduction or public performances, the kind of stuff that gets bandied about with a ASCAP or BMI or any of those things that we've covered pretty extensively in the past. None of that applies here because, baby, this is sync. This is adding music to visuals to create a new piece of art. And so it's entirely contractual, right? It's the same way that anyone can play a song on the radio. Saxon, you and I start a radio station. We're allowed to play Beatles songs and we have to pay them the kind of contractually obligated rate that's defined by the copyright board. Right. If we make a movie <laughs> and put a Beatles song in it, famously, like there was like a, a Beatles song in, in an episode of Grey's Anatomy and it cost them like half a million dollars, right? Whenever there's a Rolling Stones song in a movie, they have to go and say like, dear Mr. Jagger, there's <laughs> a write a postcard, dear Mr. Jagger, we have made a Sir moving Jagger's picture. You. <laughs> we have made a moving picture and we would like to include street fighting man in it. Right. And then mix like, yo, that'll be a cool mill, you know, or, or whatever. And clearly people aren't doing the way that these systems have evolved in these digital spaces is that, there is kind of a um they don't do individual song by individual song negotiations that would be entirely impractical what you get is kind of industry by industry negotiations or industry v industry negotiations where the three majors which control something like 70% of the streaming market, three majors plus Merlin, which is the the kind of consortium, bundling consortium for indies, control something like 70% of the overall music market, if not more. Um, they go into these major tech companies and say, and back and forth negotiations kind of say like, these are the rates that work for us. These are the rates that work for you. And then say YouTube writes it into their rules. So if you're a little label, again, me and Saxon start a band, we put it on YouTube music, we're not going to get an individual contract. There's just sort of YouTube's set contract that we have to sign or not have our stuff on YouTube. But the terms of that contract are defined by the negotiations between the major 
IP holders and these platforms. And so that's why you can have something YouTube going from similarly, and this is, uh, I think, uh, why why I particularly liked UMG's statement where they're like, it's another tech platform based on music that's trying to make a million bucks. <laughs> Sorry, extremely more than a million bucks. But <laughs> 2.2 like, billion last year, to be to be clear, in, in, in oh, advertising revenue. Cha- you know, a billion here, a billion oh. here, there, you're talking yeah. real money. Yeah. It, it, right, so YouTube, was, this is the story of YouTube, that YouTube was a multi-billion dollar company built entirely on initially, not entirely, but a lot, uh, though we will never know exactly how much, like ever, 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 never know, um, was defined by copyright infringement of music, right? That's what blew up music. You blew up YouTube. That's what allowed YouTube to attain its market share with it. You could find basically any piece of music on it. However, in recent years, YouTube and the majors have come to a set of negotiations. And now YouTube is one of the best, the, the best partners that the, the music industry has and i do want to point out here that um there's this kind of misleading chart that's going around or it's not a misleading chart but it's a it's a it's a chart that people are misreading which is kind of this uh circle of of music business income centers and it shows that like peloton is bigger than tiktok which is totally possible but i just want to head things off of the past and, and state like that's not overall income like YouTube makes the music industry much more than Peloton does. Anyway, so all of this is to say, right, that we've had these whole set of negotiations with different tech platforms over the years, and especially as, as you were saying, the music industry has become increasingly adept at working within these kind of structures and that they've solidified their grasp um, and kind of uh, sharpened their iron knuckles you don't sharpen those but you know what i mean like they they're good at this now they've done it they've done it a couple times before and they're good at it and that's what determines these payout structures and the way that the music biz has been operating in general is that kind of in the wake of the first time they successfully did this which is arguably spotify is what they do now is basically cut when something's emerging they cut kind of sweetheart deals to let these platforms happen and become important because they know if they charge the full price initially, the platforms won't be able to pay them or they won't center on music. And if you think about it from the industry's perspective, it's way better that you that TikTok is a music-centered platform and remained that way, especially like once a platform has real, real heft and real momentum because it could have, you know, you could imagine they play hardball in the beginning before everyone's kind of vision of what TikTok is is settled and you get a much less music-heavy TikTok. And so what you're getting kind of is this game that they're doing over and over again where things get settled, they renegotiate these contracts. And again, that's the crazy part, right? How much <laughs> musicians are getting paid off TikTok is not determined by a rate court. It's not determined by a federal judge. It's determined by these periodic licensing negotiations between the major labels and the platform. And UMG's was up and UMG and TikTok. And this is, I don't, this is what's fascinating is that it fell apart. Because we've actually not, we've we've fantasized is maybe a weird way to say it, but we've considered... (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, we've considered the possibility of this happening, but it actually hasn't happened, really. I yet. know, because in some ways, it's not to anyone's advantage to have it happen necessarily, right? Like, you don't want to be the dog that catches the car and, like, it turns out it doesn't matter. Because if it turns out it doesn't matter, this is a huge, like, who, like, who knows what happens to the record industry if it turns out that TikTok is just fine without any without Taylor Swift like who knows yeah yeah that's the crazy. flip side is is that TikTok like the, you don't the plausible deniability of just having these negotiations has been useful for the record companies there's a reason they haven't done this that much um because it is a risk and because the ability of these networks you want that you want the platforms to be your friend right we know the extent of potential control that the folks who are controlling you know who are making and running the tiktok algorithm have and the ability to center or decenter various kinds of media such that you know if you play hardball with them maybe they do try to switch the 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 platform away from music more generally. You know, it's possible. So it's crazy. It's crazy that this happened, and it will be crazy if any of the other majors file suit. Certainly, UMG's power in the music space is what lets them do this and kind of throw their big stick around because they have Taylor Swift, because they have, right, they're the biggest, most powerful music company in the world, and their IP and Drake and Harry Styles and like Adele and like yeah well I guess not Adele she's on Sony but she like uses like UMG's publishing group or whatever yeah it's crazy it's crazy yeah I mean Mm. I I like I have like a couple thoughts like one is just this sort of I do find it fascinating that they must have really fucking poked the bear in those negotiations because as you said it's actually to the advantage of both parties to continuing the continue these kind these kind of deals and it's just and, and like and like as yeah. the profile in the New Yorker that we just read, I mean, yeah, of course, obviously, I'm sure Grange got to read over it before it got published, not to like question the uh, uh, journalistic integrity of the New Yorker, but come on, he's a huge deal. Like, you know, but regardless, he does seem sound like someone who like is obviously understands that these technologies are developing rapidly, that AI is coming, et cetera. So he like obviously wants to have a seat at the table in the, these developing new technologies. But he also like um, seems like relatively open to the fact of like working with. He seems open to yeah. working with these new platforms, these companies. As you said, these sweetheart deals. Like, okay, yeah, this is interesting. It's getting popular. We'll cut you a, like a chill licensing deal for like a couple years, and like let's see if you grow and turn into something big, right? And that's also because it is to the advantage of these. Well, they also labels. don't like you know. It's, it's like not how- usually a couple years. I mean, it was interesting that Warner's was yeah, a couple yeah. years, but like usually it's like a year, a year and a half. Like right. they they keep it because they right. know how fast. Early on, they made bad deals, so they, they it was multi-year deals, and they know how fast things right. switch. Right, yeah. Um, I think also, like, what's what I find really interesting is just the fact that, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't think we, either you and I, like, really like to be predictive on this podcast, but I think what's also interesting is, like, if both parties really dug in their heels, and more particularly, like, TikTok dug in their heels, it does kind of become, or it could possibly become our first sort of our first our first look into the sort of like ai versus like actual artist uh yeah <laughs> um coming future i guess we could call it and just in the sense that obviously like they're not gonna well there's a couple of things that could obviously happen like i know that like like last year 
TikTok, or maybe it was like two years ago, TikTok did this thing where they like rolled out like um, for select users of TikTok in Australia, they actually did pull like a bunch of the major labels music yeah. on their own to just see if like uh, users would be interested in using like AI generated music. Um, word has it that it just reinforced the importance of this kind of music. But like if they really did dig in their heels and like TikTok continued to try to operate without this catalog, it would be interesting if there was like a sort of shift amongst these people, users of TikTok, influencers or whatever, towards maybe more AI generated music. I mean, my assumption is that no, it wouldn't work. And then these probably like these influencers would just jump ship and start using like Instagram Reels or another place that actually does have these licensing deals. It is also interesting. I want to mention also kind of what you're saying about how like everybody's kind of played the ball game so far. Like in a recent episode, we covered how basically like Spotify capitulated to this new royalty payout which was like you know no payouts unless you reach like at least a thousand and obviously that is like very much in support like umg and lucian grange like obviously very much are in support of that and like they're play but what's interesting the difference between i think spotify and the difference between tiktok why spotify would play the game and maybe tiktok wouldn't play the game right. is the fact that like spotify doesn't really turn a profit and as I actually misstated... TikTok's a much more powerful company. Right. And actually, as I misstated before, actually, it wasn't $2 billion last year that TikTok made. It's estimated that they made $18 billion in advertising revenue last year. And then as, as uh, the wonderful music business worldwide, Tim Ingram uh, illustrated in a recent article on the website, if it's true what UMG said in their open statement that TikTok only amounts for one percent of the revenue that they and some like back of the napkin math is that estimates to come out to about like 110 million which would then assume that tiktok spends around 400 million on these musical licensing deals but is making 18 billion in advertising revenue so it makes sense that obviously these music labels are seeing this number they're like well we need a bigger cut of that because like music is so like essential to your platform no uh, i think i think that's all all of that's right and and kind of going back to a theme that we, we we discussed in that 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 episode about spotify which i think was maybe two episodes ago a lot of what's happening in the industry right now i think is uh you know the the classic thing of like if you look at a swan on top of water it's like chilling if you look like underneath, like its feet are going really, really, really fast. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the music industry right now. Is that it's <laughs> is that Great. things are kind of normal on the surface, but underneath, everyone's getting ready for a set of transformative technologies and really thinking. And 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 importantly, this is the music industry that that I think is already really integrated the lessons of the digital era in a way that almost no other industry has in that the movie business also disrupted by Netflix, et cetera, but they still, I think in their heads are like, we sell a experience in a seat, you know, like tickets and music realizes that they are selling touch points to a cultural phenomena. And it actually doesn't matter that much to them. What touch points they are. They'll sell concert tickets. They'll sell. Um, they'll sell uh, branding rights. They'll take a cut of advertising revenue or search results from YouTube. Hell, they'll even sell vinyl again <laughs> if they have to. Right. Right. Yeah. But the point is that I think they've really understood that they are not selling 
music that is recorded on discs. And they, at a deep level, they know that that's no longer true. And so they are, I think, particularly well suited to imagine the kinds of new sets of profit generating touch points that AI, generative AI produced music, a uh, generative AI produced music universe could enable. But also, I think they're thinking really seriously about the kinds of structures that would prevent them from getting access to those touch points. And so similar to a big change, I mean, a small change, but a small change to a big issue at Spotify, I think that when you see this and you, you're thinking about monetization in relationship to music using videos and you see something this unusual happen to me again it's about positioning going forward and in some of the coverage and i think this is particularly interesting in relationship to tiktok because the way that tiktok is already based on a lot of popular i guess all audio visual memes right which are the sounds that run tiktok Mm, sure um are based on manipulating songs right slow down, sped up, etc. And so in some ways, TikTok is perfectly suited for like user-generated Drake clone memes. Like that's where it's going that's where it's going to happen. And so it does seem like that it, there's it's incredibly vague language in that UMG open statement about AI and about these things, but like for me, that's what this is about. It's they are they, certainly TikTok has gotten huge and they want to cut that money because they won't ever ever let what apple did to them happen again right where apple made determine the rates of like an mp3 not just de- not not you would determine the rates for the mp3 but that wasn't it it was the, that they didn't get a cut of ipod sales right right and no way if lucian like 2024 lucian grange gets a cut of ipod sales he goes you are using <laughs> our material your entire product line is based on the ability of people to play Taylor Swift on their iPods, and there is no way in like we are going to figure it. You're not. It's not. You're not allowed to put them on the iPods, right? Yeah. And which is exactly what he's doing with TikTok now. So there's no way they're letting a huge platform get away from them again. But it's also I think that there there's a lot. My gut is, and I could be wrong here, but maybe it's about the money and the rates and TikTok. It's possible that TikTok isn't which has had kind of a, a really fast climb to near global supremacy, right? Is not used to the like, <laughs> what I can only describe as the hardened knife fighters of the music industry. Yeah. Who are like totally, totally willing to stab you in the back in a dark alley. Like no question, metaphorically speaking, of course. Um, <laughs> but so there's some of that might be, but I'm gu- guessing that the irreconcilable points are about various kinds of licensing stuff around um what i think in the statement lucian grange called manipulated content and so i think that that in some ways is being this, this seems like another move where they're trying to set the the parameters for what's coming next and um it's crazy just riffing off of that i have two more thoughts and like one of them is that it is interesting because on that point i feel like umg wants tiktok to like regulate that and tiktok's like we don't want to regulate that so i think that might also be like another problem and it'd be interesting since tiktok's already kind of acting like a rebellious teenager in this situation kicking and screaming um that maybe they just 
just field those cease and desist letters like endlessly and just let their users just continue to manipulate and like use fake AI Drake and and Taylor and go, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And because there was an interesting thing that I read in the, I think that that Music Business Worldwide um, article that that back when there was like a, I think back in maybe like 2009 or something, but there was a, when there was a moment when the music was pulled, I think on YouTube, that, that something like in a month or mm-hmm. something, UMG spent like $2 million in just sending out like cease and desist letters or whatever those letters are to let, that are like copyright infringement, like whatever. Um, so it's not like we have to realize that like if they're going to play whack-a-mole with this kind of stuff, that like it's going to also cost UMG. I mean, it would be a drop, you know, a drop in the bucket. But nonetheless, like like maybe TikTok will just like write it out and be like, go ahead. We're just going to let people like use AI generated like fake deep fakes of like Taylor Swift and like Drake and whatever. And like, what are you going to do about it? I mean, that'd be that'd be an interesting move to see what happened. <laughs> I mean, I kind of would love to see that, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see this kind of level of open conflict. What's amazing about this also is that for an industry that is so complicated right now in terms of how things blow up, this is data. I like th- this is a, a real life natural experiment with controls and experimental variables, right? Like how does this impact the potential virality of umg artists versus warner artists right and we're gonna get to see in real time oh yeah that (laughs) who who blows up and like how it you know like we're gonna get to see the counts but also but also like with so little good data from the outside being able to see like okay this is actually how much tiktok right this is actually how much tiktok matters for music success like legit, yeah, like legit maybe you should start throwing money into stocks at warner <laughs> like uh, uh, but yeah but what's but also interesting know. though on that note is that we're actually seeing like or possibly could see the sort of real life playing out of like a lot of theoreticals we have around like the sort of between like you know the insane fandom that is like taylor swift's popularity versus like could you have like a purely ai generated artist have like generate the same kind of like popularity and the same kind of like revenue i mean we're not quite there yet but we are it is will be interesting to see like do people rally around like a fake ai generated drake or does it do we still need like the real the real flesh and blood like star the flip side is and this is kind of some of the multi multi-platform theories that we've had before right which is like what does this do for youtube shorts yeah what does this do for like instagram reels right like yeah all of a sudden that's where you know and it's possible that people are just like i don't like fuck you know, that i want to Swift songs and they're often and they're already on it. instagram reels they're already on like youtube shorts like they're like they're not they're, they're not what they call it like platform. they're all on everything yeah they're, they're all platform agnostic so i mean exactly. like or whatever yeah exactly so it'll be interesting to see like and that's the other flip side which is that tiktok i think is a better algorithm than those like i think it's a better product but like is it a better product minus umg level good i don't know well you know what's also interesting i'll just add one more thing and then we'll wrap up this uh this bonus episode um but like i will add one more thing is that like tiktok is just acting i mean to me just unless they got something up their sleeve this just seems like a really bad move on their part because also they're in the middle of like the u.s government basically trying to ban them and of course this doesn't help and the representative from tennessee who's heading this up whose name i don't remember nor do i really want to mention but like obviously 
Nashville is in the pockets of her campaign, like is already been giving public statements about this. And like, yeah, while a lot of that's rooted in like this weird, like anti-China sentiment and all that bullshit that we don't need to go into, like this isn't helping their case. <laughs> like, What are they thinking? Like, <laughs> and it's also, it's also, it's, it's really important to note that the music business, because of where it is located in the United States is a bipartisan business, right? It brings 100%. it brings together it's a money maker, it's a baby. money maker, but also it's a money maker that has major centers in blue states and red states, right? Everyone exactly Nashville and also LA and New York are all really invested in the music industry, and so you get when you have legislation or like protective uh, government activity, it's often led by a mixture of senators uh, for the Republican Democratic parties in a you know a, a rare and i don't know heartwarming but like in a rare display of bipartisanship and so like yeah it's not always the best enemy to make yeah it's it's a bit confusing but um i mean my my assumption like i said i'm not trying to look at my crystal ball but my assumption is that a deal gets cut like probably in the next 30 days and it's maybe short term and, and everything but i mean i don't know like tiktok's like seems to be like uh gloves off so we'll we'll be yeah. watching this space and on that note, we'll wrap up this bonus episode. As usual, please rate and review us. Subscribe to our newsletter, which is uh, is uh, is back uh, back landing in your inboxes after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, music by Bird Language, and we'll check you again in a week or so. Bye.